0: privilege and my honor because sister portia's here and her husband is preaching the house down in the bay area and and we're san leandro this morning and uh, those people are going to hear the word of god and they're going to have their minds renewed to the will of god they're going to vote this amazing couple in us our pastor to lead them so we love having sister portia here this morning come on honey and bring it we love you love you love you
1: Praise the Lord. It's so good to be here. I'm so excited to be here, to be in your presence, because I really believe I have a word from you. Before I come, though, Sue, can you come up? Can you play what you were playing before? Well, I was sitting over there, Sue, minding my own business, and he was just playing. Yes. Yes. The enemy tried to save the end. Wow. The enemy tried to save the end. But God says it's to be continued. You will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. You be disappointed from the sky i see a whirlwind came but god says i'm sending a holy stop from heaven a holy star from heaven in the end you will not be disappointed oh wow That's your song from the Lord. I love you so much. She did such an awesome job uh, this week. Um, It was so powerful, the women's conference. Who was at the women's conference? It was so powerful. I just thank you so much. I thank you. Thank you so much. That's what I heard when I I heard them playing. But I want to just dive in. But before I do, I would just be remiss if I did not thank my good friends, um, Ray and Jenny Montero, for all that they have done this weekend, for all their love that they show me, uh, thank you. If I start keep talking, you know I won't be able to preach. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and dive into the word this morning. Amen. Ooh, I'm just excited to be here. I just believe God has a word for you. I believe God wants to stir you. I believe God just doesn't want to stir you, but I believe God wants to bring some change, amen? I believe God wants to do something that he's never done in this place before, and he's not going to do it in the building. He's going to do it with you. So that's a good thing, isn't it? That's a good thing. So I want you to understand that in the book of Genesis, men and women, we had our relationship with God. Actually, God had a good relationship with Adam. God's mind and Adam's mind were connected. They actually shared their day together. Everything was at peace at that moment. Everything was at peace because Adam and Eve, uh, Adam and God, they you know, they walked together in the garden and shared everything together. But we know by Genesis chapter 3 what God intended to last forever did not last. We know that because of sin, of disobedience that it would everything became marred. The image of man became marred. And I often wondered in the past, did Satan lie to Eve when he said, if you eat this fruit, you will be as God. The answer is no, he did not lie to Eve because at that moment we became little gods. We actually, there was a cutting off from God and we became to think independently. We no longer knew the mind of God, but we had the choice of choosing if we were going to seek the mind of God or our own. You guys in agreement with that? Hallelujah. Okay. So we know that just like God longs, we long every person on the face of the earth at the core of yourself, you are longing for something. Say at the core of me, I long. So every person, even every child that comes into the world, they come in with a quest for satisfaction. I need, I need, give me, give me, give me. Right? Right. And that's one of my favorite movies, What About Bob. You know, I don't know if you guys, who's who's seeing What About Bob? That part, gimme, gimme, gimme. I mean, I mean, I mean You know, it drives a psychiatrist crazy. But it's really in all of us that little child thing, that that craziness is give me, give me, give me, every person on the face of the earth, because of the garden. So our longing helps us to understand what motivates us. The moment a child into the world, they're longing for something. So I want you to understand that what we are longing for, because it's important to understand what we're longing for so we can see, because we don't know what is, what is this emptiness? What am I longing for? What am I missing in my life? It's very important to understand. So every person on the face of the earth is longing for security, Security is the convinced awareness of being totally loved without the need to earn such love. Security is the convinced awareness of being totally loved without the need to earn such love. We long for significance, value a realization of personal adequacy for life of impact. Our longings help us understand what motivate us. Whatever satisfies our longing can become our God. Whatever satisfies our longing can become our God. At the core of us, we have have beliefs, we have convictions of what can satisfy us at the core of our longing. See, this is very important when I'm talking about this morning because if you decide that this can satisfy me and this can satisfy me, you can easily take the place of God in our life. Easily take that place. And I want you to understand that each of us have different kind of longings. One one kind of longing is a casual longing uh, for comfort, for convenience. Another kind of longing is a critical longing for human relationships. You ever notice that people get weird when they come, when they just be by herself, oh, I don't want to go to church no more, man. I came to church and nobody even, I didn't even go to church for a week and nobody even noticed that I wasn't even there. I ain't going to even go. I'm not going to go to church no more because nobody even noticed when I'm not even there. Nobody called me. Nobody cares about me, gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give gimme. So I want you to see, a lot of times we don't really l- realize it, but we do long for each other. You can say, that's okay, fine. Fine, whatever. Nobody cares, whatever, I can just be by myself. I don't care, I don't care. And the whole attitude and the way you shaking your head shows me that you care. The very fact that you say I don't care, yes you do. Yes you do care because it's in all of us to care we need people to love us and we need to love other people it's just the way that we were created so we have that critical longing for human relationship we have a longing for a deeper relationship with God so sometimes we say God what is that what is that and God is waking you up in the morning and he's saying I want you to spend some time with me and we go back to sleep who besides me has been guilty sometimes it's it's just, Okay, amen. But God is saying, I want to spend some time with you. I'm longing for you. I'm longing for that connection again that I had with Adam. I want you to be connected with me again the way that I intended to be, but it's not my choice, it's your choice because we all have our individual wills to choose that. So we long for security and love. That is the depth of our longing. We long for value. I read the scripture in Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 10. And the message it says, love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Practice. Somebody say practice. Sue said something. um, And she was talking about the agape love of God when she was preaching. And then she said there's other kind of loves, and you guys know these, but just just real quick, because of the message this morning, just going through what they are. There's four different kind of loves. Those words are storge, phileo, eros, agape. Storge is it because of love. I love you because of something. I love you because of what you do for me. I love you because you were there for me. I love you because you give me money. I love you because you let me drive your car. But when the because of goes away, when you don't give me money no more, you don't listen to me no more, you're not there for me anymore, I don't love you anymore. Everybody says storge love is a because of love. Then you have another kind of love. It's called eros love. Eros is erotic love. I love you because you're fine. I love you because you look good. I love you because you got big chi I love you because you have muscles. Oh, you got a six-pack. Oh, something about you just turned me on. It was so sad. I seen one of my kids. I couldn't believe she was in my youth group when I was a youth pastor. She was in a store, and she saw this. She was in a store, and she didn't know. I walked in on her. She was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I happened to walk in with her doing this. And I said, girl, what is you doing? She said, did you see that guy, Pastor Portia? He was so fine. I said, come here, let me pray for you outside. Come on. Come on. Come on. So there's a physical attraction. Um, That's that kind of love, that erotic love. A lot of times people think, man, I really love them, because it's based on a feeling that you have. But you don't understand that feelings go away. Feelings are not reliable. My, my sister Sue was saying that, and they're not reliable. You cannot rely on your feelings, because feelings are not love. It's like faith, you know? Love is like faith. It's a choice, amen? So you have storge love. Is it because of love? Eros love, sexual desire. Then you have phileo love. Phileo is like we have a lot in common kind of love. We have family-oriented love. It's brotherly love, you know? I can beat you up, but nobody else can beat you up. You know, I can talk about my mother, but nobody else better not do it. You know, I told you not to be in my room with my stuff and messing with my stuff without asking, but if anybody's messing with your brother and your sister, you're the main one in there beating them up because that's your brother or your sister. So, but all of them are selfish oriented loves. If you do what you're supposed to do, that phileo love, then I love you. You know, we're family. But all of them are selfish. Then Sue mentioned in our message, she talked about agape love. Agape is unconditional love. Agape is, is, is not based upon a feeling. It's not based upon what you do for me or what you don't do for me. It's not based upon a sexual desire. Agape is really a choice. It is this decision that you make that I am going to love you regardless of what you do. That's what Jesus did When he was on the cross, one of the reasons I'm a Christian is the only reason uh, is as I searched different religions and I saw that Jesus had true love for me. He's on the cross like this. Beaten beyond recognition to be a man. Thorns thrust in his head whip 39 lashes. Here our God, our Jesus is doing this because he loves us. He knew before we messed up, he knew that we were gonna deny him, he knew that He was going we were gonna betray him, but he, even knowing that we weren't gonna love him back, he loved us anyway. So the only example in history of agape love is Jesus when he was on the cross. Jesus, true love. That message, What I'm telling you this morning literally changed my life. Because this love, this love is the love that he wants us to have for one another. The entire message that, let me tell you though, let me go back, let me go back. If we don't, I said earlier, I said said the things that we choose to feel the void in us, the longing in us for the love of God can easily become our God. Those things are called strongholds. A lot of people say that strongholds are demons. No, they're not. Strongholds are mindsets. They can be controlled by a demonic force if you let it. But if you allow yourself, for instance, let's, let's just talk about it for a second. If you allow yourself, if you and I allow ourselves to not choose the agape love of God, for people and for him. And we decide that we're going to meet our need, our longing, another way. So what we decide to do, because let's let's be honest, when you get saved, nobody pushes the reset button. Nobody says, okay, instead of turning to alcohol, turn to God. (laughs) Instead of turning to fantasy, turn to God. Instead of turning to, so all those things, some some strongholds could be uh, avoidance. Before you really got saved, you just avoided people. A stronghold could be lying. A stronghold could be uh, definitely fantasy, porn and all that. I'm just going to escape. A stronghold could be blame. A stronghold could be, I mean, it just goes on and on. It's just so many strongholds that you can have. The point I'm trying to make to you is that when we choose not to run to God to meet our need first. Somebody say first. Because my sister was crying out to God and she wanted to an answer from God. She's crying out to God and she says, God, I need to know why won't you answer my prayer? I've been praying this for years and years and years and God, you won't even answer me. I just don't understand. I'm praying the same thing. Why won't you answer me? You seem like you used to love me and you used to give me what I needed. But now, God, why won't you do it? And all of a sudden, God spoke to her and the message was so simple it blew me away god speaks to her and he says to her kalila you are missing it and my church is missing it and so she says god what am i missing what am i missing and god says to her you're missing it kalila because you forgot what the word says and the word says to seek first the kingdom of heaven and all things will be added unto you. So all these things are distracting us. The fantasy is distracting us and, and the lying and, the, and the abuse is distracting us and the blame is, is distracting us and the unforgiveness is distracting us. It's all distracting us. God showed it to me like this. He said, one day the Lord took me up in a lighthouse. And in this lighthouse, he turned on the light and he said, Portia, look at this place. And on this place, pastor, I see buildings, roads, somebody driving on the road. I see, all, I'm like, this is like, wow, look at this place. I said, this place is not heaven. God, where is this? And God said, Portia, this place is the place of the stronghold. I said, what? He said, every time you don't cast down vain imagination, Every time you agree with what the enemy says about you rather than what I agree with, rather than seeking me first and you go ahead and turn it to me and you agree with something else, something that I haven't said, a brick is built. And look at this place, worship. You got a city up in here. And I said, who was that driving on the road? Because they turned around and they went, ah, look like a vampire. I'm like, what the heck is that? I don't see vampires in the word. And he said to me, Portia, you know what it is? He said, these are the things that suck the life out of you. That you're getting so busy with all these things. I appreciate Brian last night because he told me, he said, Portia, he said, God was dealing with me and I needed to spend time with my family. I just, I mean, I just, I needed to really build up my family. I was getting so busy because he said something. He says, you know what? He said, Portia, you know what? We can actually make ministry our God. Oh, my God. So all these things we can put before God. And so the the place of the stronghold, my sister said, God showed her her this place as like uh, storage lockers in your mind. So you said, what are these things, God, that I have put in this place? What are these things? Let's go quickly to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul picks out four things. Faith, hope, and love. And then he says, he says, the greatest of all of these things, the apostle Paul said, is love. So why is love the greatest? First, we see the possibility Paul has given us here. We see the possibility that we can do great things for God, that we can actually accomplish great things for God, that we can actually, uh, heal the sick. We can, we can cast out devils. We can do these wonderful things for God. And there's a possibility that he, it will, it will all be in vain. Why will it all be in vain? Well, it's because we're not coming from a place of love. We're not coming from a place of love. Because he says you can speak with tongues of men and of angels, but if you have not love, it's nothing. It's noise in the ears of God. Why am, what is motivating me to do this for you? This week I had the opportunity to stay at my friend's house. You know what I understood when I was staying there? Because I had been beat up. I was been going down this road and I was getting beat up. But I understood. Why Jesus, when he was on his way to the cross, he did not go to the Passover. You know, if he would have went to the Passover, they probably would have took Jesus and, and and you know, made him the king and all of this. But he didn't go where the crowd was. No, Jesus left and he went to a friend's house. He went to Mary and Martha's house. Again, the people that served him. And that's how I felt. I felt like a queen this weekend. Thank you, Jenny. But I felt like a queen because here it is. She just serves and she just, so can I get you anything? Can I, can I do anything for you? And you just feel like, wow, you know, you're doing all this stuff for me. Sometimes it's pride when we don't let people do stuff for us. Sometimes God will have to put us in a place where we lose stuff and we lose things because of our pride, because we don't know how to receive. And so my father taught me, he says, you better learn how to receive. You better learn. To let people do stuff because they want to do it because it blesses them just as much as it blesses you. Who? hallelujah. So I want you to look at this. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul picks out the three things, you know, and he says it's love. And, and so I want you to see that the second thing he says, we see that God's love can so fill us and change us and remain in us. This is what we learn from verse 3. That, okay, so this weekend, we're talking about so many things I wanna say, but there's no way I'm gonna say it. it. We're talking about this weekend that we cannot love with our own strength and our own power. Who's tried it and failed? Raise your hand. I have tried. I have tried. I used to be the kind of person where my, uh, my husband, he, I wouldn't argue with him because I grew up in an arguing house, so I said, I ain't gonna do it. I'm not gonna argue. But I was the kind of person that I would get you back if you hurt me. I was a vindictive person. Nobody hears like that. But me, I was. I would just be like, that's all right, honey. Don't worry about it. And then in my mind, I'd be thinking, I'm going to get you back. Until one day, my father comes to me, and my father challenges me. I mean, he challenges me hard. He says, You know, I see, this was back a long time ago. He says, I see you're a youth pastor now. I just had my son deuce. He's doing really good, by the way. He's 23 years old. So this was over 23 years ago. And I'm, and I'm, he says, And I says to my dad, I said, Dad, I cooked dinner for my husband. I said, Dad, I, I made it for him. And through the corner of my eye, I saw him just rake it in the garbage. I'll never cook for him again. Nobody else is like that, but you know, And my dad said to me, you know, the moment that he did that, because I said, why did you do it? He says, well, I wasn't hungry. I already ate. So I said, well, what have been wrong with, like, wrapping it up in the refrigerator? I don't know. I didn't think about it. Oh, okay. Don't worry about it. I won't cook for you no more. Somebody say wall. So that's the way I was. My dad says, you know what? The problem with you is that you put scabs on sores. That's your problem. You, when somebody tells, oh, that's okay. Don't worry about it. But the sore is there. He said, you got to not let the sore be there. You know, that hurt my feelings that you did that. But please don't do that again. But I love you and I forgive you. You got to be quick to love. You got to be quick to forgive. The apostle Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He's going on. He's talking about the kind of love, doing stuff from a heart of love. Not that fake love, not that selfish love, but really from agape love. And we see God's love here. This is what we learn. So at the end, we see the need for Christ in all these verses. But in chapter 4 and 7, 1 uh, uh, Corinthians 13, chapter 4 through 7, we see what love looks like. What does love mean? What does love look like? Maybe you didn't see that kind of love growing up in your family. Maybe you saw selfish love. But it doesn't matter because we have the example for the cross. We have the example of Jesus for us to look at. So Paul gives us the characteristics of love distinguishing marks. Number one, he says, I want you, he says, love is patient. Love is patient. So I want you just to examine yourself. Because this is what I was doing when I was reading this. When Jenny gave me this, I was to to, to study. I was like, oh, who have I not been patient with that I say I love? Oh, I could really go deep here. What about if I'm driving in a car and, and somebody cuts me off? How about me being patient with that person? Because I love them. Because Jesus died for them just the same as he died for me. Hmm. Love is patient. How patient am I with the people I say I love? If I want someone to feel my love, I need to be patient. Another version says, love suffers long In other words, gives us the capacity to endure or put up with difficult people and desperate situations, to endure frustrations, to endure. How am I when things frustrated? Do I act out? Fine, forget it, fine. (laughs) Nobody in here. But just the people that I counsel sometimes, they have that outburst of anger. Anger can be a defense mechanism. Anger is a result of an unmet need. Anger can be a whole wall, a whole city. Hallelujah. Love doesn't envy. Somebody is doing it better than me. How do you feel when somebody can do something better than you? How do you feel when some? I had a good friend of mine, she told me, she says, you know what, Portia, she says, I'm struggling with something. I was at her church, they have a huge church. She's a pastor's wife, beautiful lady, beautiful voice, very talented. Somebody came in that could sing better than her. Somebody came in that could play better than her. Somebody came in. And she's longing for that love from her husband to say, honey, you did a good job. But she don't want to say it because he, he, she wants him to be natural saying, honey, you did a good job. She don't want to tell him, honey, I need you to tell me. Sometimes you got to tell men, but you know, anyway. <laughs> um, so she's telling me, she says, Portia, I felt all of this jealousy come up in me when they were playing and singing, and I felt like something was there. I don't want it to be there. She said, what should I do about this jealousy that I feel? Because this girl is more talented than me, and she she plays better than me, and she, she sings better than me. And I said, I, I got a cure for you, I said. I said, I got you. All you got to do is let her do it more. Push her to do it encourage her to do it say girl get on up there and sing oh this girl got a I said make the devil mad do the opposite of what you feel because love is not feeling I said go on and do it I said oh you're going to really make the devil mad at you I said go on and do it until nothing in you moves until you know it's all gone promote her to be who God created her to be I said then you will win the battle in your mind you know i used to get upset when people used to preach on offering on giving i used to be there listen oh gosh 30 minutes on the art oh oh god why i wouldn't be looking like that i would be sitting down nice but inside god would look at my heart and he would say portia what are you doing a worshiper, a person that loves God and loves people is a giver. We're gonna get to that in a minute. But here it is, I'm sitting there, ah, oh, why? Be quiet, okay, okay. <laughs> and God would just look at me going, what is wrong with you? So I finally figured it out. So one day we were at Madison Square Garden, my family's singing, Dance Like David, a song my, my dad wrote. And we're sitting on the stage. We're on the stage, and my father takes the whole check of over $2,000 something. Now, you gotta understand where we are. Happy Meal costs over $5. I mean, we are just, we are in this hotel, a dump, and it's like over $200 something a night. And back then, you know, this is two years before September 11th. And we're there because a man had a prophecy that bombs were gonna go off in New York and people were gonna die and we needed to go there and get many people saved as we can. Yeah. That was two years before it happened. So we're sitting there and 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 my dad writes a whole check and he puts it in the offering. Our whole check. I didn't know it, but we came and my mother had had a stroke. My mother, her whole side of her face was was paralyzed. And I would say, mom, you need to go to the doctor. Something is really wrong. You know, you're smiling, half your face is not smiling. Mom, you need to go to the doctor. Something is really wrong with you. Either you got bells, palsy, or a stroke. Mom, you need to go. And my mom looked at me and said, if God don't heal me, I'll die. I was like, dang it, mama, man, you're stubborn. I said, my brother, I told my brother, I said, we're going to fast and pray for mom. Me and you, we're going to fast and pray for mom. And so we were fasting and praying. So then I'm on the stage and the offering plate goes by and my dad puts it in there and I'm, and I'm tripping out. I'm like, what in the world? How are we going to even survive the rest of the week? Then I hear God say, Portia, what do you have that doesn't belong to me? I said, God, everything I have is yours. Is it? I was like, man, is it? And all of a sudden I saw myself. I was a selfish little girl. I cleaned my room, daddy. What are you going to give me? I did this for you, mom. I sweep the floor. What are you going to do for me? Because a lot of times we don't give something unless we're going to get something. But that's not the love of God. That's not the love of God. God talks about giving generously that we're going to read in a minute. And so all of a sudden, I said, God, I got no, I got to break this thing. So if something is telling you not to give, give give extra. Oh, I'm, let me give extra then because I'm here not to give. So I just, I reached in my purse. I had $60 to my name. I took it out of my purse. I threw it in an offering. Threw it in an offering. I said, no, everything I have is yours. I'm yelling on the inside and I throw it out and into the offering. It's wait, all of a sudden running across the building. Wait a second, wait a second, I gotta tell you this part. So this guy gets up and he's like, oh my God, God told our church we gave $100,000 to these meetings because it cost $6 million to have it there, Madison Square Garden. And he says, he said, "Uh," and it's a soul winning crusade. I mean, who will raise $6 million to have a soul winning crusade? Well, this man did. And so we're there and, it, and, and a guy is like, you know what? I, my church gave a hundred thousand dollars to these meetings, but then God touched me and I, God told me this morning to give six hundred, uh, to give a hundred thousand dollars of my own savings. And he says, but if you could have seen my 13 year old daughter out witnessing today, I would have paid any amount of money for that. And all of a sudden I'm crying, Oh God, help me. Cause I see who I am. I see how unworthy I am. I see that everything that I have doesn't belong to God. I see that I have a selfish love for God. I see that I have a selfish love for his people. I see that all I was doing was thinking about myself. And then this man comes running. He was, uh, he was, uh, Caucasian gentleman he runs and he runs up to me from the balcony This after the service is over and he said sister do you believe in prophecy I said yes he said the Lord says that the blessing of God is going to overtake you right now not tomorrow not next week I was like "Yes," because I needed. I just put all of my money in offering and I didn't know what how I was going to eat so I needed God to move quickly Long story short, God changed my life at that moment because I finally got it. He's trying to teach you something. He was trying to teach me something. I finally got it. Soon as I get, let me just tell you, I didn't know. My dad said, Lord, what do I need to do for my wife to be healed? And God said, give it all. Am I saying that you have to give it all to be healed? Absolutely not. I'm saying it was an act of obedience. If God tells you to do something, do it. And a lot of times the only thing that's stopping us is our lack of obedience. Long story short, I get home. I I get a call from my landlord to sell me the house, $50,000 less than what it was worth. My landlord's an atheist. God gives me the money that week, $40,000 that week to pay for the house. Anyway, I was out of debt. Anyway, y'all get the point. God wants to totally change and rock your world, but he can't do it without you being obedient. So love is patient. Love is generous. We just talked about that. Love is always kind. Always kind. Love doesn't envy. Talked about that. Somebody is doing it better than us, let them do it. You know how you overcome it? Go ahead and just fight, fight to, to push them forward. Pushing them forward. Something is in me, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna encourage them more. Man, that was a beautiful song. Man, you did a, you did a good job. Force your mouth to say it. Force yourself. It says, love does not boast, it's not proud or self-seeking. That word proud, if you look up that word proud, you know what? You break it down, it's the word windbag. This is a person whose conversation is always about themselves. Somebody could be dying in the hospital. I know people like this. I'd be like, Lord Jesus, please help me. Please help me. Somebody's in the hospital dying in critical condition, and they're in there talking about they flew or they cold. And they're in there talking about themselves all the time. Say this out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, help me to take my eyes off myself. Somebody else is way worse off than me. Oh, my God. Mm. When you meet somebody else, it's need, I said this at the conference. I said, listen, find somebody, if you need something, if you need affirmation, if you need love, if you need whatever, you, you, whatever you need, find somebody with that same need as you and then meet that need in that person. And God will meet your need. He'll send somebody to do it. So I wanna grow in love, so I gotta stop being obsessed with myself. Say today, I will stop being obsessed with myself. Love is courteous, not rude. Show the value of another person at the simplest level. Simple things like, thank you. Everybody say, thank you. I appreciate that. Ladies, I just want you to know a lot of husbands, they really need to feel appreciated. Because a lot of times we can tell our husbands everything that's wrong, and we don't ever say, honey, thank you. I appreciate you. I know the husbands are like, thank you. <laughs> because a lot of times we focus on what's, you ever I, when I was a youth pastor, I would have kids tell me, I said, you know what, if you were to change one thing about your parents, if you were to change one thing, what would it be? And all of them, most of them said, my parents only focus on what I did wrong. They don't never see all the stuff I did right. I said, I know how you feel. So basically, coming in the house and they try to clean up, they try to do something right, and then you say, Oh, but you didn't do that good. You didn't you need to sweep the floor. So they said, Why even try? So, because of me growing up and seeing this and seeing all these youths telling me this, when my husband when my son would photo clothes up, be like, Look at the way you folded the clothes. Oh my goodness, you fold better than me, and he did. I said, wow, look at, oh man, Deuce, I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much, I didn't have to fold the clothes. You did such a good job. I did that till he moved out of the house. Every time I said to him, you folded the clothes for me. Oh, I appreciate it so. You know when you, when you compliment people, you know they wanna do more stuff? It's like a love bank. Every single person has a love bank. And if you keep on depositing and depositing, they want to do it. Man, I know this. Oh, my friend Jenny, she had had the tea for me. And I was like, I'm not going to get any tea this morning. My husband gets up every morning and he makes me tea. He said, babe, I got your tea for you every morning. And I said, oh, and I'll have my husband to make me tea this morning. And Jenny brings my tea. I was so excited. I was like, she brought my tea and she brought little crumb cakes. I'm so excited about that because in the little ways you can show somebody that you really care So I want you to think about that Love is not rude ah, So we're gonna practice When We was at the women's conference we turned to each other and we started practicing. Thank you. I appreciate you I love you. You're wonderful Get your eyes off yourself Get your eyes off yourself something a mosquito was crying flying up here mosquito So not easily angered, not quickly to be offended or upset, not quickly to be offended. Ask yourself, am I the pastor's nightmare? (laughs) Does the pastor see me coming and go, oh, God. (laughs) Nobody in here, pastor, but other churches that I minister at. These are all wonderful people, hallelujah. All of us are. Not easily angered. Not a bad temper. People scared of you at your house? <laughs> do you make people feel like you're they're walking on eggshells? <laughs> they're scared to do anything wrong because they're, they're they're scared you're gonna explode? Anger. Result of an unmet need. Eight, love's consistency. Love always protects, hopes, perseveres. Notice the word always, until it's not a jester, but it becomes your character. Always perseveres, always hopes. So I want you just to think about it this morning. Patient is what we went over, the Apostle Paul's teaching in 1 Corinthians 13. Who do I need to be patient with in my life? Generous. Where do I need to be more generous? When it comes time to write a tithe check, do I say, $5.62. I'm not giving the church one penny more. Y'all still love me? Humility, which of my friends or colleagues am I tempted to envy? I envy somebody because they have more than me. How do I do, how do I get rid of that? Bring them more. Courtesy, who do I need to listen to more or show more respect to? Restraint, where have I shown a bad temper or given evidence of self pity? We learned in our little retreat this weekend just how simply to apologize. Don't say, I apologize. Don't say, if I offended you when somebody said, you offended me. Hold up your fingers. What are they, ladies? I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. And then say, I love you. That's very important. That's the this, this simple thing. That's how to apologize. I was wrong. I didn't mean to do say what I said. I did speak to you. and I, I spoke to you harshly. And I'm, I'm telling you, you know, when people come in here, Pastor, I was at this church not long ago. I mean, this church is massive. I mean, this church has to be, I mean, I don't know how many millions and multi-millions of dollars they spent on this church. I mean, they had everything you would want in this church. But the people were lacking. There was a lot of people not there. And then I understand, in 10 minutes, Jenny, I understood why the people weren't there. I'm walking to the restroom. I'm walking. And I'm trying to get somebody's attention just to say hi. (laughs) Everybody's walking like this. Nobody would even look at me. Finally, I was in the restroom and I saw a lady and I smiled at her and I said, hi, she said, hi, how are you? She said, you're the first person from this church that smiled at me. I saw the, I heard the wonderful word of the pastor and I was ready. She says, she says, I was thinking about even joining, but I I couldn't even get nobody to look at me. How could I tell her that I didn't go to the church? I ended up having to tell her. So she goes, you're the first person that looked at me and smiled and asked me, hi, how, how, was, how you were doing and how I was doing, you're the first person. So she, go, she goes, come and meet my family. And I go, sure. <laughs> so I go over there, she goes, are you gonna be here next Sunday? <laughs> Love. <sighs> Joy. Are you full of joy? Does people want the Holy Spirit that you have? Or do you walk around looking miserable? Do you act miserable? Say, God, give me your love, give me your joy. Fill me again with the joy of my salvation. Consistency. What good things in a person's life has brought me joy in this last week? Can I look at somebody and be honestly joy, joyful for them? Oh, the pastor's got a new car. <laughs> why didn't I get a new car? Why did the pastor, why, why pastor get a new car? You know, I don't understand why they get everything. Pastor got a new outfit on. Yep. I know how much your jeans cost. I can't afford my jeans. Okay, listen, everybody say, get my eyes. Off myself, examine myself, the mirror of God's word. God's word is there to show us ourselves. It's not there to condemn us. It's to show us how far we need to grow. And I'm gonna tell you some good news. Somebody say some good news. We gonna get there, but it's gotta be a deliberate effort. God is not showing us ourselves to say, oh, you you idiot, you, you, you horrible child. He's showing us ourselves to say, God, I need help in this area. God, I see myself. I'm wretched. I'm undone. But I thank you for already paying the price for me. I thank you for loving me. Give me your agape love. God, I need you. This is God's goal for us. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit in me. I'm a mess, Jesus. I need help. When I was studying this word, I was like, dang it. Because I was seeing myself. But God was showing me myself before I could bring this word to you. And he was telling me, Portia, you know what? You have to get this part of your life together. You got to do that, Portia. You got to change this about yourself. Maybe it's not some of the things, but you know what? It, it, it's at least a few of them. Who found yourself in one, of the, one or two of the things this morning that you could maybe help the thing? Hopefully, you know, otherwise we'll be sprouting wings and flying away with Jesus right now. Right? We would all be perfect. But nobody in this place is perfect. So the first thing you gotta do is you gotta forgive yourself for not knowing you didn't know what you didn't know. Then you say, you know what, God, I I I need help. I'm just a child. I can't do it without you, Daddy. Just go ahead and pray, play. I can't do it without you, Daddy. I don't wanna have a selfish love for people. I don't wanna have a selfish love for my family. I don't wanna have a selfish love for my children. I don't want to think about all the stuff that my, my parents did not do for me. We're talking about that, me and Sue. We do all this stuff for our kids, and then they find the one thing we didn't do to measure, to talk about. And we think, man, you hecka selfish! I want to slap you in the face! We think that way, but we, but we are all selfish. So I thank you, Father. Close your eyes, just while you're here. Give us your love, God. Give us your love, God. Give us your love, God. Give me your love. I don't want to be selfish, God. So many people you want to bring into this church, into the kingdom of God. Show me how to love. Show me how to love with your love, God. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord, I see myself in light of your word, in light of the mirror of your word. Just talk to the Lord right now. I'm not going to do an altar call. Just talk to him right now. I see myself, Lord. I stop from going my way and I turn to go your way, Jesus. Fill me with your Holy Spirit again and again. Cause it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can do it, that we can live this life, that we can truly love with agape. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Hallelujah. You know, giving is more than stuff giving is a release and everything Sister Portia ministered on are things that get deposited into our life we're raised, we're influenced things happen and we get where we hold on to that stuff I was driving up today and I saw this big swap meet going on down in Shingle Springs and I'm thinking man There's a lot of people out there selling junk and other people lining up to buy other people's used junk. Thinking they're getting a great deal on somebody else's junk. And a lot of times what happens is is we allow people just to sell us their junk. And we hold on to it and then that junk becomes valuable in our lives. And then the Spirit of God just comes and says, Hey, could you give me the junk? I want you to just bow your heads for a moment.